This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Many of you listening to us today understand that the startup world is one that can provide great success as well as great failure. And many people feel it is how you deal with failure that could be the key to your success further down the road. A new book takes a look at the personal journey of one such entrepreneur, Ethan Centuria, who is co-founder and CEO of DealStruck, an online lender for small business, which was, in essence, uh, a few years back. The title of the book is Unwound, Real-Time Reflections from a Stumbling Entrepreneur, and Ethan joins us right now. Ethan, welcome. Hi, Dan. Nice to be here. Thank you. Uh, so I guess uh, let's start with uh, with the, the company itself and how you wanted to get into this kind of realm in the first place. Sure. So, uh, you know, I grew up the son of an entrepreneur and somehow, you know, made my way to Wharton uh, thinking that, you know, the startup world and, and the broader world of business and, and finance were sort of the same thing. Uh, and I learned uh, I learned that those were quite different. But um, ultimately, you know, was an undergrad at, at, at Wharton, went on to, to Wall Street and, and my first job uh, was at Lehman Brothers in 2008. And so, I was at this 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 big institution, 158 years old, you know, multi-billion dollars, and uh, you know, went through bankruptcy and basically found that, hey, there's there's not really this this ideal of stability out there that sure. maybe I thought there was, and uh, ended up going down the entrepreneurial path, sort of following uh, some of the things my father did, and actually my first journey into entrepreneurship was prior to Deal Struck with a few uh, Wharton alums as well, and and so. Um, decided to take sort of the, the financial knowledge and training that I'd received at school and, and in my sort of first, you know, first foray into the professional world and, yeah. and try my hand at, uh, at something in the startup world and, and operating. And so then in terms of getting that a company up and running for the first time, you obviously have, a, a, you know, a, a lot of hope, a lot of excitement that this is going to be a successful venture. And then, and then things turn a, a little bit different, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think that they don't. You know, some people they have their vision of success and it goes uh, perfectly. But but more often than not, even if your outcome ends up being a success along the way, you have a lot of ups and downs. And and for me, coming from a family that was an entrepreneurial family, going to Wharton, reading tons of books on startups. I mean even if you know it intellectually going into it that this journey is going to be hard, there's going to be highs and lows, when you actually run up against them, you you sort of realize that maybe, uh, you know, it's it's not a matter of intellect to get you through some of the hardest parts, but it's more a matter of sort of uh, maybe emotional quotient and, and sort of self-awareness and and those sorts of things. But uh, I think even the, even the greatest successes have, have plenty of war stories of, of sort of, you know, oh, gee, we were down to our last dollar, but then we <laughs> made it. Um, of course, unfortunately for me, it turned out that we got down to our last dollar and then we didn't make it. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> right. You know, but but uh, um, it can go both ways. So then what what it, it, going through that experience and, and, and now with DealStruck, what have you learned about being an entrepreneur that has kind of changed maybe your mindset of, of whether it be the stuff you learned here at Wharton or the stuff you learned from your dad along the way? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, one of the biggest things that I, I, I 
really there's two things. One is I think patience. Um, you know, I think when you go into uh, to starting your own company, you have this big vision. You want to boil the ocean, right? You, you want to raise the money. You want to build the product. You want to get to market. You want to scale. Everything in the startup world is about scaling. And so you feel this inordinate pressure, um, sometimes from your investors, but sometimes just from yourself internally to be the next Facebook or the next Google or, you know, to try to, to hit that home run. Right. And um, you, know, you fail to realize that, hey, these things take a long time and, and you know, really solid, good companies um, you know, they don't get built overnight. And for every, you know, single story of a company that became a billion dollar success in, you know, two or three years, the vast majority of, of the success stories out there took, you know, 10 plus years to do. And so to really slow yourself down and, and focus on one step at a time, making good, you know, if you make all the small decisions right, then all, you know, those add up to, you know, a lot to, to the big picture. And um, so being more patient for that success to come uh, and was something that was a big lesson for me. And I think that on, on sort of a more personal level, you know, when you start something and even people who are just are in um, normal jobs, right, we tend to associate ourselves a lot with what we do. And when you run a business and you start something, it's even more so people have this idea that, oh, this is your baby. Your business is your baby. Right. And, you know, as things go up and down, it's a lot, it's, it's very easy to, to have, to identify yourself, you know, your value, how good you're doing, how, how, or how well you're doing, how successful you are based on whether your company is going well or not, whether your job's going well or not. And the, the toll that that takes on not just yourself, but the people around you is really um, sort of an, an unhealthy side effect of entrepreneurship, I think. And so that's something where I've tried to learn that, you know, business can, can go well, business can not go well, careers can go well, they can not go well. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are, you know, uh, fluctuating the same as a person. Right? But it's interesting, though, when you think about it, we, you know, and I'm sure for, for yourself and, and for a lot of, uh, you know, entrepreneurs out there that have this great idea, you go in, you know, you think, OK, I've got this idea. I've got this plan. It's going to work. We're going to do great things. And then, you know, something happens unforeseen and, and it doesn't. And it, that's a hard balance, I think, to deal with when you're talking about, as you said, kind of, you know, remaining under some level of control in comparison to having the expectation of grandeur that you're going to have with this particular idea. Absolutely. I think that's where it can be really valuable to have uh, strong partners or strong advisors, people around you who have been through it, because, you know, for the most part, I think people who venture out in, into starting their own companies, whether they're, you know, big high tech Startups, or just you know a bakery on 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 you know on the corner in the local neighborhood. Um, there tend to be people who are ambitious, who have been successful, who you know have intellect, who you know all of these things. They're not used to failing. These, these typically, you know, at least for me, this was something where I don't know. I grew up. I was pretty smart. I got into a good school. I got a job on Wall Street. I had a you know good outcome in the first startup that I was an employee at. And gee, like. I'm supposed to be successful, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, I think that a lot of people who, who take on the challenge of entrepreneurship, um, you know, have that sort of track record or, or history, and then you run into something where 
it's not necessarily enough to just be smart and work hard. Um, you need luck. You need, you know, people around you. You need, um, you know, the competitive landscape to cooperate. And so that that's a big challenge because, um, you know, you're running sort of 100 miles an hour and then you hit a brick wall and that 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 can be a, a setback. You mentioned briefly about uh, the employees and the people that you work with in the company. Uh, and I guess the impact on them is is also something that a, that an entrepreneur has to deal with uh, when when a when a company does not uh, go properly. Correct? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and that's that's one of the hardest parts because um, there's <clears throat> at least for me there's this need to be transparent with the people who work for you. You're the entrepreneur. You started this company. You have employees. They're working really hard to help you build your dream, and they're participating in making that dream, you know, uh, internalizing it on their own. Um, And as things start to get really challenging, there's this delicate balancing act of maintaining transparency, but also, you know, you're not distracting them to the point where they get so concerned that they can't do the things needed to try to turn the business around or get it through a tough period. Um, but it's definitely the most challenging thing when you see people, you know, people have, have left stable jobs. They have um, all different types of economic situations at their home and their families. And, you know, you end up where, gee, we've done everything we can and there's nothing more we can do. And you just have to try to be, uh, you know, to treat them well, uh, even as things go 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 sideways or, or sort of wind down, you have to try to help them through um, financially as best you can. Although that can be challenging in the case of a company that's failing. <laughs> and then the other well, ways to do it are, are, are to give back in kind, right? And yeah. to, to make sure that they they get on to next well. Well, I'm guessing a lot of a lot of people didn't get that kind of uh, a lot of the employees at Lehman didn't get that kind of conversation, that kind of, uh, you know, feedback when when all heck broke loose at Lehman. No, that was a pretty interesting scene. And I, uh, for me, I was 21, 22 years old. And I remember thinking that I remember freaking out, thinking, oh, my God, this is my first job. My career is over (laughs) and sort of having no perspective at the time but um it was an interesting scene just kind of walking in and people just packed up their boxes and walked out and there were rows of media outside the office but certainly there there wasn't a lot of um there wasn't a lot of empathy in that situation and i think uh that's that's sort of a missing missing factor oftentimes in in business in general where um, you know a little bit of empathy, a little bit of caring, a little bit of um, sort of extra generosity to even when you're suffering, right? Even even when you're having a difficult time, just extending that little bit extra to your colleagues, your employees, uh, it makes a huge difference on them, and it can be the difference between someone saying, "I'd work for you again," or "I won't," and um, it's it's a small give if you can just get yourself to do it. So when you're when you're when you're in a situation and you're a, a leader of a company, uh, are you able to fully understand 
as things are going awry and, and a company is is starting to sorry to use the pun take on water, but I think it's 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 the it's the case here. Uh, are you able to truly uh, you know are you able to see the pitfalls as they come along, or or did or did they hit you blind? Um, I think it's a little of both. There's an illusion that I that that I I think certainly I had as a first time entrepreneur that got sort of um, debunked pretty quickly. But there's an illusion that I think sometimes investors or even employees or vendors have that you as the founder or CEO of your company have complete control over it and. The reality is that there is no such thing as complete control. And so there are certainly um, situations or things that come up where, despite your best efforts, you get blindsided and then you have to react. Um, and, and, and you can't really make things right. You can try to make the right decisions and figure out the right strategies, but even that doesn't mean that if you execute them flawlessly, that you'll have complete control over the outcomes. Um, but then there's also the situations along the way where as things start to go bad, one of the difficult problems is it's like playing whack-a-mole. <laughs> you know, something pops up, you hit it, and then the next thing pops up and you hit it, and you, yeah. all of a sudden you get into this spiral of not being able to look, you know, anything at anything other than your, your feet or your toes, Right. And that can be a, a, a self sort of a, a self fulfilling prophecy or positive feedback loop where because you're starting to look at things so sort of so so close to you one at a time at a time you lose sight of the bigger picture and then you really can't turn things around so that that is one of the challenges of being in of being in stress, right? Of, yeah. of being in distress. So I mean, obviously you're promoting the book, but but what else are you doing these days? Yeah, so I mean, I spent uh, five or six years running a company as a first-time uh, entrepreneur, and my business was in lending and specialty yeah. finance, financial technology. So uh, right now, I've sort of gotten together with some partners, and um, and we're sort of advising and, and you know doing some consulting work in this space, um, helping other businesses and other entrepreneurs. That are sort of in similar earlier emerging stages. Yeah. You know, try to try to to learn maybe from my mistakes and and all the things that you know. One of the great things about failure, which is a small consolation, you know, to, to the people involved in it, is, is that you tend to learn a lot more than I think you do just by being successful. And so, I'm trying to take all of those learnings and, and feed them back to other people to help them help them be successful. I think long, you know, over the longer term, uh, you know, for as difficult as as it can be to go through sort of a, a disappointing experience uh, in your career or in business, I would certainly do it all over again from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And uh, writing the book was a really great way for me to put closure on the chapter uh, of my life and say, okay, I think I've extracted everything that I can from it, and. Um, I'm ready to swing again. So but, but hopefully, at some point that comes. But would you do it in, in, in the in the business lending space? 
Uh, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't try to build the same business. Right. Again, but exactly. If, yeah. If <laughs> yeah. But if you're asking, you know, certainly there are plenty of opportunities in and around, you know, lending and especially finance that still interest me. But, uh, you know, I think the definition of insanity is trying to do the, the same thing over and over and expect different results. So um, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but but you did just playing off something you said a second ago, and we're talking with Ethan Soteria, who is the author of the book Unwound, Real-Time Reflections from a Stumbling Entrepreneur. Uh, you mentioned that, that in doing the book, I guess this was a little cathartic for you, correct? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I just don't believe, you know, as I was going through this, difficult period with the company and, and uh, you know, in, in my personal life because they were interconnected, right? Um, right? People were saying, oh, you know, in 20 years, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Like, you know, everyone fails their first time or whatever. I said, yeah, okay, that's, that's small consolation, right? Um, but I sort of said, gee, I'm not sure that success is going to come. I don't know if, I don't know what's going to happen in the next, in my future. No one knows, right? Um, but I, I felt that the uh, the way that I could try to make that most likely to be the outcome that that this this failure feeds forward into success is to to study it and and to look at it uh, honestly um, to take accountability for it to, to try to understand what happened and what didn't and I think entrepreneurs when they go through a tough time people in general when they go through hard times we tend to want to turn the page quickly put it in the past and just get on to next we don't want to sort of we don't want to dig through the pain and kind of unearth all of the little thorny things hidden there. But um, I felt like that was a really important exercise, and I think there's a lot to learn from it, and that the book was really my way of doing that. And I wanted to share it with other entrepreneurs just as an example of, you know, sort of giving them, hopefully empowering them and saying, look, don't be afraid to to fail. Don't be afraid yeah. that if you do to try again, and don't be afraid to look at it and, and study it and um, – and uh, own it, you know. It, it, with with the time with Deals Truck, is there one or two things that you look back on it and and you say, if I would have done X differently, it may have been a different outcome. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's there's probably a uh, you know twenty things, but yeah. one or two. I guess one thing is, uh, you know, raise raise more money. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's a double, that's a double edged sword, but we, you know, we had opportunities to raise more money earlier and, and, and we, we, we didn't. Um, so I think, you know, uh, if you, have, if you have the chance to raise money and you're an entrepreneur, take the money and don't stop. Um, right. 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 And, 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 and until you get that exit, you're always fundraising. Um, you know, and then I think the other thing I would have done differently is, 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 is probably more around, you know, the details of, of the product that we were originating, which yeah. kind, kind of gets into a little bit, you know, too much uh, financial detail. But um, I think there was some product market fit that we didn't have perfectly honed in. Uh, and certainly the opportunity to be able to, to work uh, in part with small business, you know, we're, that's that's a critical part of, of the American economy. And certainly uh, it's it's an area where a lot of people believe there's there's still a lot of growth even today. Yeah, the most enjoyable part of being an entrepreneur, at, you know, in Dealstruck was being able to be a small part of the success of, you know, a couple thousand other entrepreneurs who yeah. we financed. Um, and so that was really just uh, a big piece of our mission and a big piece of what drove me to start the company. And I would say, yes, that today 
the, the small business world is still underserved. There's still a need for financial innovation, both from a product standpoint and a technology standpoint. There's still a lot of great entrepreneurs tackling it. Um, and um, I, I do think that uh, it's, it's an unbelievably critical segment of the economy, of job creation, and, and I hope that um, I can continue to play a role in, in trying to, to bolster it, and I know that there's a lot of other great entrepreneurs doing the same. I just happened to, to find an interesting article that, that you wrote uh, uh, about two years ago, and, and I'll ask you the question of it. And, and you talk about the fact that you, your your car, that your one and only car that you wrote was a Toyota Tacoma. Do you still have that vehicle? You know, <laughs> I don't. I yeah. have to get a new car this year because uh, uh, I got married, and, and, and it was a two-door, uh, a two-seater that uh was 17 years old and yeah. we're start you know we're thinking about uh having a family and we yep. said well why don't we get a car that's safe and can seat four people so <laughs> I, I, I i traded it in for a subaru but there uh, you go and i got a picture of it on my wall and i love that truck ethan great <laughs> ethan great talking to you thank you very much for All coming right. on today the Thanks, book the book you got it the book is unwound ethan centuria uh, great uh, having him joining us on the show for more insight from knowledge at wharton please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.